0: and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today we are joined by Rabbi Eliezer Krohn the author of the brand new A Woman's Guide to Practical Halacha. Thank you Rabbi Krohn for being here at Artscroll Studios for this conversation about your wonderful new Sefer, I know I called it a book, it's really a Sefer it's a Sefer designed to educate girls and women regarding halachas that are relevant to them specifically, and obviously you have kind of an expertise in that area, so tell us a little about yourself and how you got into this area of practical halacha.
1: So thank you for having me, it's really an honor, it's a schuss to be here. Um, The way it started was, you know, I was living in Eretz Yisrael, really focusing on Nosham and Nazikin then I joined the Kachem Chabura in the Mir, I always say I had the best of both worlds, I was in the Mir learning Kachem. I came back to America we lived in Eretz Israel for five years, It came back and I joined a halacha kailo and that really, really opened up my eyes to learning halacha bi'ion and getting it down to the practical halacha. So I I was in the Passaic Clifton community kailo, where I live in Passaic and it really brought halacha to life for me. My wife, it was actually interesting how I started teaching girls and teaching women, my wife teaches in the Beis Yaakov of Passaic in the high school and I, they asked me to speak by the Chanukah Chagiga. Um, I wasn't connected at all to the school, but my wife was, so they asked me to speak. I spoke for 20 minutes. I guess uh, the principal, Rebitson Stern, of Mayor Stern's Rebitson, liked the speech. And she called me a couple weeks later if I would substitute. So I, I was actually doing a bris in Queens that morning, so I wasn't able to make it back on time. But when I came back, so I said, I'm sorry, i can not I'm not available. But when I came back, I asked my Rish Koylel, I said, if they called me once, this was like in January, a couple of weeks after Chanukah, they'll probably call me again, is this something I would be allowed to miss Koylel for, to start, you know, to teach, to substitute, make a little bit of money on the side. So he said, is this something you see yourself doing in the future? I said, definitely. I feel like just practical halacha, clarity, clear, is something I feel like I would be good at. He said, if this is an investment for the future, then you would be allowed to. I subbed like around 12 or 14 times till the end of the year. And then in the summer, she called me if I would teach halacha for the 11th grade in the Besyakov Passaic. And I'm always, I have a debt of gratitude to Rebitson Stern, who got me, you know, who hired me for my first teaching job. And, and it took off from there. I started teaching in the New York Seminary by Revit Asaf for seminary age. I teach now in Renas Bessiakov in Edison in high school. And I teach to married women, four different classes, three or four different classes during the week for halacha, practical halacha through different shuls and through different groups of women and Torah anytime just uh, spread everywhere and Baruch Hashem, you know, I get uh, emails and phone calls from all over the world teaching halacha and trying to, uh, trying to help people, you know, to practical, actual
0: practical halacha So going back a bit, I should have mentioned at the outset of our interview when people hear Rabbi Eliezer Krohn they probably wonder and the answer is yes you're related to the famous Rabbi Krohn. You're a son of Rabbi Pesach Krohn. So tell us a little about your upbringing. I know you grew up in Queens, right? Sure. So talk about that a little, growing up in the home of your parents and the impact that they had on you uh, going forward. You are a, a mile as well, which is a apparently a family tradition. I would say oh, it runs in the blood. Runs yeah. <laughs> the blood. So you and your brothers. So talk about, talk about that for a moment. So
1: um, before I just talk about my parents, it was interesting you mentioned that like, oh, people ask, are you related? So w- like in the beginning, I wasn't used to being spoken to in third person. Everyone, everyone was a use. Like one time a girl asked me, what does Rabbi Krohn think about? Th-? I'm like, why'd you ask him? I'm like, I'll give you his phone number. I'm like, no, no, sure. I'm like, you? I'm like, oh, <laughs> me? Oh, okay, fine, I'm me. Um, but, uh, but yes, I have the great schluss of being a son of the one and only Rabbi Krohn. And, uh, and Mrs. Crone growing up in their house it was besides that their amazing parents were and are amazing parents but, but they're both people that are just giving over to the Klal especially in regards to education my mother has been in Shavach High School for many 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 years a teacher in, in Navi and Chumash and Sichas Musser. And my father, for his speeches, it's also educating, it's inspiring, but it's also education in, in a major way. And we, I, I grew up that we live for the clown. we live for others, and it takes a lot of time. It takes time sometimes away from the family, but 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 it's a, it's a family project together, inspiring others and teaching others and guiding others, and it's the biggest chus in the world. It's the biggest chus in the world, and. You know the, the shiurim, the women that come to the shiur and Torah anytime, they, they it's a partnership. It's all a right. partnership. Like, like Scroll knows, yeah, you could have a great author, but they need somebody, you know, to get it out there, and that's that's what makes Scroll so special. But I grew up in a house where it was always involved in in the klal, in the, whether it's advice or pesach or teaching, and uh, it's something that's just ingrained. I think we I'm I'm one of five. I'm the youngest of five. Um, and Baruch were we all married. So from the ten of us, I think seven out of ten are in education. Seven. So it, it's something that's uh, that's 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 kind of that we ingrained, were in, you. With ingrained yeah. in us and something that we try. Now, you,
0: where did you go to yeshiva? So I went up? to yeshiva
1: in Shara, went to Tvers Moshe in Kew Gardens and Shara Torah, which is right up the block from my parents' house. Then it was in the Mir. So you I really learned
0: in all the way? All the way. I was
1: by Rab Shalom Spitz for two years in oh, Beis So Four years high school, then two years base Beis Then I went to the Mir for three years, okay. by Reb Elephant, my Rebbe, and Rabah And Then I went back to Sharetar, and then I went to Rav Kalman Epstein. I was very close to Rab Epstein. He was my, my Masada Kadushan. But I was, I was very close to Rab and you know, I was still very close to Rabbi Elephant, and Rabah Arieli and Rab Nassin Svi, as someone, you know, these... They're all pictures in my dining room and on right. my desk, and I'm yeah. very, very close to all of them. And uh, yeah, but I was really only in two yeshivas my whole life, Sharatara and the Mir. The Mir. Went, after the Mir, I went back to Sharatara. I never, didn't go to Lakewood. Um, I have Baruch Hashem, I was supposed of having smicha from Beis Medesh Govoya of Lakewood, but I never learned in Lakewood. I got permission uh-huh. from my reruch HaMolshon to, to take the Fahers through Beis Medesh Govoya, but I was already living in Passaic, and I never learned in Lakewood. Mm-hmm. Do Brisim in Lakewood, but uh, I never learned in, in Lakewood yeshiva.
0: Did you always have an idea, an interest in halacha, even in Shara Torah? Actu- actually, actually not.
1: Actually not. It, it wasn't. I, you know, when when I got engaged, so I told my father, you know, like, I don't really like know halacha. So my father said, I'll take care of it. My father calls Art Scroll, and he ordered me all of Rav Simchel ben Svarim. Classic style, so, Right? So, and, and clear and, and practical, and footnotes on the bottom, which is also great. But, and I was reading them, and then after I got married, like I said to my wife, like, does our, does our crockpot have silver foil?" Of course it does. You don't think I know? It? Like, oh, my wife knew more than me, which is right. a lot of times the case when it comes right. to Bachram and girls from Beis Yaakov. So, but that's why I... I cherish teaching Beis Yaakov girls and seminary age girls because they're the foundation, a lot of time, of the house and the kitchen, and so much halacha goes through them. They, where, where do they learn it? From their high school rabayim. That that's and their seminary rebbeim. And for me to be able to have the schus, to be the one to have to give them that foundation, that's to me that's priceless.
0: And I'd th- I, I love to you, for you to address the uh, sometimes a misnomer. People don't realize what teaching halacha in a Beis Yaakov entails. It's, it's, it's not simple. It's you not, it's, you it's, really have to know your stuff. You really, you have to know your stuff. you have to stuff, be on your toes. But
1: you have to prepare. You have to prepare. Yes. I have friends that are Tamina chachamim, and they tell me that they would never be able to teach in a girl's school. I always tell the girls and the women that 50%, maybe even more, of my preparation is what not to say. Is what not to say, meaning you could open up an English safer or open up a Mishtabura with a Dirsha Mishtabura and a Piskei chuvis and you start giving all different complicated it's not relevant to them and it just confuses them. So you have to filter out what's not important, what's not relevant, but you have to know it. Because all you need is one girl to raise her hand and ask an honest, good question. but what happens if so you, ha- you should know the answer. If not, you'll get back to them. So you have to know it, and it could be in your notes, but you don't say it unless somebody raises their hand. But you can't obligate them to know it like these random... And that's what I really tried for this sefer, Bez Hashem, to, to, to accomplish. That to only talk about the common cases that are normal. What does a girl, what does a, mari- what does a woman, what does a married woman need to know for her daily life? And there's a, a phenomenal sefer called Halichos Bas Yisrael. And it's translated in English, but I always say that that's a halacha sefer for men about women. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of cases there that don't happen very often, and it's just, it's too much. So I was going to mo- ask you about right?
0: Alejas Pasisrol. Is there anything comparable to your sefer that you're, that you're familiar with?
1: I, I, don't, I don't think so. Okay. That it's written for girls meant for girls. It has small footnotes on the bottom, just in case their father, their husband, their brother, their son wants to look into it. Where where, where did he get that from? So I have the Mamakonos on the bottom, Um, but very short. It's not long footnotes. It's very, very short, just if someone wants to look into it, just to see the source. But it's written for women. And that's why, you know, we mentioned before that I wanted the Safer to be out like two or three years ago already. But Gedalia Izalowicz is such a genius and such... A master that he said we have to have women read it through first so first the first thing Rabbi Gdael told me was that you can't just write a halacha sefer nobody knows who you are you don't have that reputation yet you need a rav that's gonna look through it so my father thought of Rabbi Olbaum from Krugarn Hills Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi. 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 a fantastic idea he went through it twice and he gave his stamp of approval corrected a few things fixed a few things and um, and he was the first one then we had Rabbi Leshkowitz, from Naftali Leshkowitz, who was on the phone with last week but I was on the phone with him for hours and hours he went go, went through everything a lot of corrections uh, corrections is I don't know if it's the or right more word nuances but maybe nuances, nuances. and right. clarity and to add and what to subtract and I have a lot of a curse to Rabbi Leshkowitz. Um, for many, many hours. And like
0: you pointed out before, so much of it is what not to include. Is what
1: not to say. Like this right. is, it's, it's not relevant and, and, and to put, what to put in, what to take out. And after that, four women went through it. Mrs. Eisner, Mrs. Dick, Mrs. Finkelman, and Mrs. Stern. All four of which I didn't know in advance. Four of Art four Art Scrolls, of Art Scroll's premier editors. Right, okay, and you don't so, get better than them. Right, so that's exactly what my father said. I said, oh, Mrs. So and so now again is looking through it. She, my father said, Eliza, don't complain. These are the top. Art Scroll's giving you the top. You should they be are. happy. And they went through and they went through the fine comb. And I was on the phone with them also for hours and hours, each one, and fine tuning to make it clear. If, they, if it's not clear, it, it's not Art Scroll. So it has to be clear. And we went through it. And then Rabbi Leshkowitz went through it again. We're on the phone last week. And uh, just to make it concise and clear, me and you, you know, we think it's clear. I mean, uh, just, just, just for example, I wrote, well, you make the bracha on the esrig, so you hold it upside down, and then you make the bracha and you turn it right side up. So Mrs. Stern said, well, what is upside down? I said, well, upside down, of course, the pitam is down. She's like, you think everybody knows that, but maybe wow. there's a, a girl out there, about know. doesn't know, what does upside down mean?
0: Excellent. I
1: never thought of that. I never thought of that. So, you know, and sure enough, I checked in another English sefer and they wrote, Pit them down, you know. The
0: to, make so sure we, to make clear. sure
1: that it's clear, so it has to be, has to be you know clear, and and that's, not
0: to not to assume not, not to take assume, anything for granted. For granted but know. it reminds you of something that we quote here at Art School quite a lot. In the name of Rabbi Meir's ladder, was that when you're putting out a, a project, a book, make sure that it's good enough that no one will ever put one out like that again. Right meaning right. this should be the definitive authoritative yeah, is the, safer set, on this particular right, topic to in this case it's halacha for women you want to make sure that it's authoritative like you said you had a reviewed by Rabbi Olbaum, and you also want to make sure that it's clear so that's well understood and also that it's comprehensive enough that it addresses all the different topics which brings me to my next question is there a particular area of halacha that you found in teaching girls that either they need more kind of reinforcement? Is there a particular area that you focus on? Is it a Shabbos because later on, once they're married, it becomes so relevant? Well, What's an area of halacha that you find that you're accomplishing so much by really giving them that boost?
1: So the answer to that question, I really feel, is Hilchah's Tefillah. Tefillah specifically for girls. There are a lot of differences between men and women when it comes to the area of Hilchah's one of the classes that I have this chus of teaching by Rabbi Asaf in the New York Seminary is Ha'isha b'halacha. The differences between men and women in halacha and really the first half of the semester, the first half of the year, the first semester, we focus on huchus What are they obligated to daven? What are they not obligated to daven? I Meaning me and you, we go to shul, we say everything, of course. But when a woman is home and she's busy with her children, she doesn't have time to say everything. So what is she obligated and what is only voluntary? The answer to that question is going to decide. Okay, I have twelve minutes to daven. What should I daven? I can't say everything. So what you have to go daven in order of the sitter. But what do I choose to say? What do I choose to leave out? The answer to that question is: What are you obligated and what are you not obligated? And also, how late in the day can you say it? If you could say berachos shachar all day long, Mishabur brings an opinion. You could say berachos shachar in the afternoon, even at night. So, don't, if you have 12 minutes to daven, don't choose Berchas HaShachar. You could say that this afternoon. It's better to choose Psukkah Dezimrah. So, we go through all of Hilchas of from Mataivu, Adon Yigdal, HaShachar, what they're obligated, what they're not obligated, and when, how late in the day are they able to say it. And Hilchas Tefillah is, I mean, Tefillah. Is, what, is one of the mitzvahs that a woman cherishes so sure. much. I was going so yeah, yeah, to say, it know is an area
0: that women connect to. For sure. Tefillah is very right. powerful, and uh, so that, that's tremendously instructive. Right, and I have like a
1: whole said. section on Hilchah's Tefillah in, in, um, in, in the Sefer, and some of them are halachos that a lot of women are not aware of. Such and as? Remember, such as, how, bir, Birchus Krishma, not Krishma itself, the Birchus Krishma, Yetzar, Navarabah, and then Vyatziv afterwards. How late in the day can someone say that? So the Shulchan Aruch says one thing, the B'er says something else. The B'er argues on the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says only till four hours into the day. The B'er says if it was an anus, which usually it is, otherwise why wouldn't they have said it, they could do it till chatzos. So many Paiskin, Rab Shamazam and Arbach, Rab Vosner, the Chazunish, Rab Chaim Kanevsky, they say that for a girl, it's only till four hours into the day. which is mantfila. So I explained to them, what does that mean, Zman Four hours is not four times 60 minutes. I explained to them, Shoh And after that time, you don't say, birchas Krishma. So Mrs. Dick had never heard of that halacha. Um, And some of the other women did not. And I said, it is a machlokas, that's clear. And I write the footnotes where someone Uh could look more into it. But that's how I would come out and pass in class, and and that that's an eye opener. You, know, you wake up late on a Sunday. Right. You got to know what time it is. You have to wow. know what time. So that's something that a lot of a lot of girls don't realize, and uh, um, and to in general, when a woman is busy with her children, she doesn't have to daven Good. So I don't have to daven. A lot of women know that halach. If I'm busy with my children, I don't have to daven. But at least say berachas atayra. At least say berachas aschachar. Then you fulfilled. The Chiyav of Tefillah, according to the Rambam, and not according to the Rambam, but at least according uh-huh. to the Many Rambam. Many
0: women may assume that
1: if I miss it, I miss it. No, uh-huh. but it, it takes one or two minutes to say Baruch Then you accomplish, at least according to the opinion of the Rambam, HaBakasha and So, you know, halachas like that, like, excite me, you sure. know, to give it over. And now the girls, like, they never realize that.
0: Could you, know, you have a great opportunity here. You're empowering the girls and women to know how much more they could do, even in what we would call compromised circumstances. Right. And compromised, not in a bad way, where they're right, taking sure, care bro, of families, sure, doing busy, what they're supposed right? to do. Yeah. So that's, that's tremendously helpful. Any other things that come to mind? Because this is really interesting.
1: Uh, you mentioned before about my father. Um, one thing I did want to mention about my father, because I didn't want it uh, to come out, the, um, you know, looking that we gave over, you know, my parents just give over to the Klal, and as if any of the children you know, suffered. I'll I tell you my favorite Rabbi Krohn story. Okay, and I guarantee you don't know it because it's not in any of my father's books.
0: Okay.
1: And I, I, try, I try to imitate this. I try to copy this. Um, I remember one time I called my father. Um, I just talked to him about something. It wasn't something so important. I just called him, and I remember where exactly I was. I called him, and I always call my father on his cell phone because he could be home, but chances are he's not home. So this way, I'm safe. I just call his cell phone. I called him one time. This happened about 10, 11 years ago. I called him on his cell phone, and... Um, And he was home, happened to be, he was home. So I started talking to him, and I hear the home phone ring in the background. So my father says, okay, hold on one second, he gets the phone, and he hangs up, like within 10-15 seconds he hangs up. I said, Ta, who who was that? He said, oh, it was someone from Eretz Yisrael, but I told him I'll I'll call back later. So I said, you you could really get the phone, it's it's not so important, I'll call you back later. He said, no, 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 it's fine, I'm on the phone with you. Fine, I'm talking to him for another minute or two, the phone rings again, he picks up the phone, and he hangs up right away. I said, who is that? It was someone from South Africa, but I told him I'll, I'll call back later. I said, Tad, the next time the phone rings, you could get it. I'll call, we'll talk later, it's not so important. My father said, Eliezer, you're the most important person to me. You're the, other, everybody else could wait. To me, you're the most important. And I repeat, I, we weren't talking about something so, so time-sensitive. But, Baruch Hashem, you know, someone who's involved in halacha and teaching and brisim, as as you mentioned, and answering Shilas, and writing, and uh, you get busy. But I always try, and my wife gets a lot of credit because she does so much in the house that lets me learn and answer the phone and, and write and notes. But I, I try to, you know, just imitate my father. That first comes the family. First is the family, and I read um, the, the biography on her of Mayor Slotowitz, and I think there was like a whole—I don't know—a whole chapter, but but I think a section spoke about over there how family was first. Unbelievable. Family was first. Sure. And and you, you give you give over the Messiah to your children, and uh, you know my kids, Baruch Hashem, know a lot a lot of halacha as they hear my phone calls and uh, and you know discussions around the table. But they know that they they need they need to come first. That's uh,
0: now a lot of the girls and women who you teach. Do you find that they're calling you later I'm, on? Bas I'm, of I, am, I am
1: on the phone nonstop. I'm mamish uh-huh. nonstop, with the onion, with the fleshika knife, and the right. milkika pan, and because I teach kosher kitchen to the married women, I teach right. it in twelfth grade in Rina Space Yaakov. Hilcha Shabbos, and you know, I teach the malachos and uh, and. I'm, I'm, I'm Baruch Hashem on the phone all, <laughs> really all the time. Sometimes I just have to call back, and I, I'm on, And a lot of the girls uh, they call me for Shaduchim questions. One of the classes I teach is Halachas of Lashon Hara by Shaduchim. What are you allowed to say? What are you not allowed to say? What are you obligated to say? And at what point? And the girls call me for Halacha, but also for guidance. Baruch Hashem, B'lian hara. Three girls just got engaged within the past month that that I I helped throughout the dating process. I was on the phone with them for a long, long, long time. It was the fourth girl that I'm helping, but I helped her say no to the boy, which uh-huh. is also for her was the right thing. Right. I, I always tell the girls, if, they're, if I'm their Rebbe, I'm, I'm their Rebbe for life. And they could call me whenever they want. They don't have to, but they could call me for life. I give them my cell phone and, uh, think and the f-
0: They're fortunate to have that. We try,
1: we try, and, uh, we try to give guidance. You know, my father always, whenever, my father always, all the, all the time is on the phone guiding people in regards to Shalom Bayis, and Shaduchim, and Chinuch. My father always talks about it around the Shabbos table. Mm-hmm. Of course, he doesn't say any names, right. but, but he says, I was called with this question this week, what would you think? What would you, what would you guys say? So we were raised and grown up to like seeing situations and what would be, what would my father have said? in certain, certain cases. You know, we have a Thursday night conference call. I've this, heard, about heard about this. You've heard about this? The Zaidi but- conference call. Uh, so, no, no, tell, tell okay, our, tell okay, our uh, viewers. So, 10.30, Thursday nights, I'm not giving out the phone number, because <laughs> it's only for family. Um, we have a conference call, and they don't take attendance, but, but we try to go on as much as we can. My father always you know, tells over what happened that week to him and where he went, and, and always these type of halacha questions, which I like to uh, get involved in. But, but just things that happened to him during the week, and what would we say? And I'm the youngest, besides the grandchildren, so I'm older than them. But from the siblings, I'm the youngest. So I, I like to talk last. You know, I let my, my brother, my brothers-in-law, my sisters, they all have what to say. We're all crones. So we all, we all, Or we married a crone. So We all have what to say. So, but, but we're trained. We're just trained like that to try you know, to, help, to help others and uh, you
0: know, be able to see like, the, the big view, the big picture. You spoke before about passing on the Messiah, and that segues very well to Mila. Your father's been a mile for many, many years. Mm-hmm. When did you first realize that, you know what, you also want to carry on that Messiah? And tell tell us a little about that experience, being a Mile while, be, while really being busy. It's it's hard being a mile going and, out in the morning, having a teaching schedule, taking care of the family. Talk so, about that.
1: A lot of my teaching doesn't start till 11 o'clock in the morning, um, because I can't Confirm, I, you know, I can't guarantee that I'll be there at 9.15. The married woman is early in the morning, but then I could cancel on. The past two Wednesday mornings, I canceled my share because my brother is a Rebbe in Waterbury, so I've gotten Baruch Hashem a lot, a lot of bris in Waterbury. So the past two Wednesdays, my bris was in Waterbury, so I had to cancel the share. This Wednesday, Bez Hashem is in Tinek. I have to see how the, timing, how the timing works. But I knew since I was a little child that I wanted to be a Moyle. Seven or eight years old, I decided I want to be a Moyle. My father's a fifth generation Moyle, so I'm oh. a sixth generation Baruch Hashem. Uh, People ask me, who's a better Mile, you or your father? So I joke, I say, what do you mean? My father's a fifth-generation Mile, I'm a sixth-generation But um, I knew since I'm a little child, I used to go around with my father to Brissom, and it's an experience, because my father always says, there's two parts to being a good mile. Number one is doing a good job, and number two is everything else. Explaining everything, answering the questions, checking the baby before and after, showing confidence and being there for them and calming them, and that's all part of... The, the teaching, that's all part of the training. When you learn from your father, you, know, you, get, to see, you get to see it up close. I used, to go, I used to walk with my father from Kew Gardens to Hillcrest, the Kew Garden Hills, the Forest Hills on Shabbos, I remember on Yom Kippur, in our slippers, we walked to Hillcrest really? once for oh. a bris. Um, and it, for me, it's, it's so special. That's why we moved to Passaic. There was no Mile that lived in Passaic. We moved to Passaic 14 and a half years ago. Lakewood didn't need another young mile. So we moved to Passaic where there was no Mile, and my father gave me a lot a lot of brissom. My brother-in-law, Afrian Perlstein, is also a Mile. We work together, us three. It's it's phenomenal. It's 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 amazing. And my father has helped me so much, and he, you know, it's not enough to be a good Mile. You need a you need a foot in. Right. And my father gave me brissom, you know, in the beginning, and uh, still, you know, when he gets cold for two in one day, you know, we we mix and match and we check babies for each other, you know, before and after. It's, it's such a schuss. And I, I, my father never forced me. I have one mm-hmm. brother. I didn't force him to be a ma'el. He right. always wanted to be a rebbe, And I always wanted to be a male. Right. And, uh, and I have four boys, Kanai Nahara. I'm not going to force them. Right. If one of them does, great. But I, I'm not, I'm not going to force them.
0: But here you are carrying on the Kron legacy, the Kron Messiah and Mila. And you're also, like you alluded to at the beginning of our conversation, carrying on the Kron Messiah and legacy of being there for the klal, educating, shearing from what you have with others, enriching their lives. So we'd like to wish you a mazel tov on the release of the new Sefer, a beautiful, beautiful volume, which I'm sure is gonna be well received, and uh, wish you continued atzlacha in educating, inspiring, uplifting. May you do so for many more years.
1: Amen, thank you very much for having thank me. Thank you for thank being
0: you. here.